Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell, and often I am giving encouragement to men about being better husbands and trying to make marriage great with the with the way things are right now today in the midst of COVID-19, the coronavirus. I want to change the course a little bit. I haven't been on very much, obviously, for those who follow. And I want to gear it really toward the whole family. You've got families that are together now, maybe a little bit more than normal. So starting after this podcast, I will start reading through Esther more as a story, telling it as story time and giving some nuggets from that. We'll see how that goes. But I do want to encourage us with COVID-19 and a lot of things out there that people are saying, people are responding to that may or may not be truth and the reality the reality is that there are some there are some things that are true right and we want to say that oh there's no such thing as truth but in the midst of something like this we want to know what is true how can it spread how did it spread what how can we stop it is there a way to stop it these are things we'd like to know we'd like to know these truths and there are truths and one of the great truths this weekend as we go into Easter is that there was a man named Jesus and he walked on the earth. And if what he said is true, if he is a good man, as many people say is he is, if he's a good prophet, well, then he is also God because that's what he said he was. He said he was God. He said he was the son of God and he himself was the only way to the father. So he made some pretty profound truth statements and they're, they're either true or they're not. But he wasn't a good man if they're not true. He was a liar and a lunatic and maybe a lot worse than that. Or he is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Chosen One, really the creator of the universe. John chapter 1 and Colossians and other places tell us that he, by him all things are made. And they, all things are made by him and for him. That he was in the beginning and in the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so that's talking about Jesus Christ, and that's in John chapter 1. So I want to encourage us to, to know our history as Christians. History is on our side. When the truth of history comes out and the pandemic that we're dealing with right now, there's a lot of things I don't think right now we understand. There are some things that are being propagated as truth that maybe are not true. Other things that are being propagated as lies that might not be lies. But our hope, our hope needs to be in Jesus Christ. Our eyes need to be upon the Lord and the great work that he is doing all around us and how we can reach out and help our neighbors, how we can love one another as a church, how we can reconnect or better connect with our family, with those who live in the house that we are living in. And if we're still going to work, being grateful that we have a job and that we get to see other people and interact, even though we have to stay six feet away and maybe wear a mask and all these things. So want to encourage us. There is great hope in the midst of all of this. And I'm not trying to be light for anybody who's dealing with it. Whatever you're dealing with that is difficult right now, it's difficult to you. And so I don't want to take away from that. The reality, though, is history teaches us that 
there are difficult times, and there have been some incredibly difficult times that the generations before us have gone through, and they have come out of it stronger and better, and we are benefiting from that, from what the World War II generation went through. We're benefiting from what our founding fathers went through, and so on and so forth. So to recognize that God is at work, he's bringing us together, he's separating the wolves, if you will, from the sheep and those kind of things. So I want to encourage you, know your history and find that that source of truth. Mine is the Bible. And I learned a long time ago as a 13-year-old living in Washington, D.C., I would know some things because of my father's job. And then I would read something in a newspaper that was absolutely counter to what I knew. So I learned that the media doesn't always really know. Just because they report on something as if it was fact, it may not be fact. So we need to be good at finding out those facts. And just because a history book says something, it may not actually be true. What are the facts? Even some of these things, these snoops and stuff like that, don't always get things right. We need to be good at knowing our sources and finding a source that is reliable and and then checking it once in a while to make sure that it has stayed reliable, that there is integrity there. And let's be people who are, that take responsibility. Let's take responsibility for what's going on around us. Let's seize the day. The Bible often is about seized, seizing the day, redeeming the day, redeem the time for the day is evil. In Esther, the, the story we're going to go over at one place at Mordecai, who's her cousin, older cousin, says to her that maybe for such a time as this that you were born. So I know there are many out there, maybe some seniors that are wondering what's going on. This is my senior year. This was supposed to be my, you know, my year. And and there's all kinds of things around that. People who are celebrating their birthdays in odd ways, who are celebrating Easter in very odd ways. We might make it to Mother's Day in, in, in all of this. I, I pray not. I pray not. I think there's light at the tunnel and the tunnel. But regardless of that, if if we really understand what is truth and we follow that, I think we'll be in a better place. And let me put it in another way. When David, who was just a teenager, was bringing food to his brothers, which was common if your brothers were at war it was not uncommon for family members to be nearby, and they would bring supplies. They were sort of the supply chain to the army. And so David's bringing food to his brothers, and he had seven older brothers who were locked in this battle against the Philistines. And there was this one giant Philistine, Goliath. And as David approaches, he sees Goliath mocking the Israelites, his people, and mocking their god. And David is like, he's enraged. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who mocks my God? And he goes and he wants to take them on. Now, the first thing that happens is his brothers are like, oh, who do you think you are? So he gets ridiculed and doesn't get support from his family. So that's pretty common. And even from leadership as he goes to the king. But eventually the king allows David without any armor to go out there and take on Goliath. Because here's what I think Saul the king saw and some of the leaders of the army at that moment 
was that this young man, this teenage, teenagers we would call him today, but he was a young man in their eyes, but a very young man, uh, maybe 13, 14 years of age, that his eyes were on God. His eyes were not on Goliath. The army was very scared. There was fear in the camp, is one of the ways it's described. And that was because their eyes were on Goliath. If your eyes are, if you're watching everything about the uh, about this virus, the coronavirus, and everything you're taking in while you're awake is about that, and watching the data, and looking at different things, and listening to the media, you're probably like the like the Israelites. Your eyes are on Goliath. You see no hope. You're scared. There's fear. And I would tell you to, to change your gaze and be like David and put your eyes on God. That's what David saw. So when David went out there, he picked up five stones, the Bible tells us. And why would he pick up five stones? Because he's a bad shot. No, he was a good shot. He, he is a shepherd already used his slingshot to take out lions and bears. And they're, they're pretty fierce, right? A hungry lion might only weigh 300 pounds. 300 pounds coming full speed at you like a cat. Cats are the greatest hunters in the world, pretty sure. And a lion is a big cat, right? And here he comes. David takes him out. Takes out a bear. Bears are fierce, thick skin. Hard to get take care of a bear with a rock. You'd have to hit him in the right spot. David did. So taking on a Goliath, this human, no problem. He goes up there with five rocks. Not because he's going to miss, but because Goliath has four brothers. David's not anticipating taking on Goliath. He's anticipating taking on the whole family, all five of them. And he has no problem with that. Picks up his five rocks, puts one, sets one in a sling, goes on up there, mocks Goliath as Goliath mocks him, and he knocks the sucker down. Goes and takes Goliath's sword and cuts his head off. And the Philistine army goes running away. And in that moment, the army of God changes their gaze from a giant that fears them back to a God that just delivered them with a teenage boy. Listen, God is doing a great work. Let's join him in that thing. Let's let's bring hope, especially as we go into Easter to encourage our brothers and sisters, to encourage our families. Hey guys, God's got this. Let's move forward. Let's do let's do great things in these times. Let's seize the day. Let's redeem the time. Let's go out there and be the salt and light that God has called us to be. God bless you guys. Hope to be on telling again the story of Esther as a family time. So you'll start to see them coming up as Esther family story time or maybe just family story time i don't know anyway (laughs) the next ones i do are going to be on that god bless you guys praying for you have a great weekend